What's up and welcome to Wait Hold Up Podcast with Jessica Molina and Yarel Ramos. Each week, tune in as we have unfiltered conversations about careers, relationships, wellness, feminism, and of course, we'll often be joined by guests you either know or should know who will share their humor, knowledge, and their very own Wait Hold Up moments with us. Here at Wait Hold Up, we want you to feel like you found your crew, your girls who you can do life with. Listen, it's a crazy world out there and we can all use some help in our efforts to live our best lives. We don't have all the answers, but we're down to figure it out together. Thanks for listening. Here's our latest episode of Wait, Hold Up. Welcome back to Wait Holds Up. I'm Jessica. And I'm Yarel. We're so happy to have you join us yes, today. Yes, you look so beautiful today, Jess. Oh, I thank like you. Every day, but like every It's your ba- uh, bata bandana, bata turban that is... Killing the game killing the right game. now? That's killing the up. game, girl. That's what's up. Listen, you got to put the fly Is it away. because of back to school? Uh, yes, I'm wearing my back to school <laughs> best. You know, because you did tell me, hey, how was school today when I walked in? Oh, because you look like a cute little school girl. Yeah, that's so, why. I mean, we're in that mood. <laughs> we are. Well, you know, I'm so surprised it's freaking back to school because this is the middle of this is the middle of August. We don't in on the East Coast, you don't go back to school until after Labor Day. I feel like they're playing tricks with us though because I never went back to school till like September. So what is this so August 14th first day of school business? I don't know. Well, if you are at school, <laughs> congratulations. Yes. You've made it to another year and we hope that this is a fantastic year and you conquer all your goals and that you learn a history that's not just American. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um so, you know, speaking of education, this episode we got our education girl. Yes. I mean, pull out a dictionary. I know, I know. We got, and it was like the best kind because I think it's stuff that we were very interested in um, from a super brilliant um, woman who is super active in the community. And we just cannot wait to introduce you guys. She was dropping gems. Dropping gems. Like she was, I was like, I know. And literally, wait, that word, that word. I, I need I know. to use that in my vocabulary. This is going to be one of those episodes I get to listen back to and be like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'm going to try and I'm say a, that next yeah. time I'm at a party. And people are going to be like, damn, girl, where'd you get that? I'm like, my podcast. <laughs> and sound mad upper class. <laughs> I love so, it. Without further, who, who we got on the show? Yes, today we've got Lubna Hindi. She is the manager of external relations and individual giving for Step Up in L.A. She's taken our passion for community outreach and female empowerment and of course love of pop culture to build a spectacular body of work she's worked in the music industry focusing on artist development and brand partnerships for emerging talent at black box la and has even stepped into the agency side mm-hmm. working at caa creative artist agency that's big that's massive yeah. yeah and outside of step up you can find lubna traversing the globe through maps or predicting the next big pop sensation. Well, I'm right here, Lumna. What's up? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not and my, I'm singing. My, no, have I'm, you talked about my singing? Oh, gosh. So, Lumna, we're so happy to have you <laughs> on the show. You are doing it Oh, no. Oh, no. I will sleep later on. <laughs> um, I'm attempting to do it all and attempting to really play into my authentic self and not be afraid to just try and fail. So Yeah. But actually, red flag, are you team no sleep? 
Um, I used to be. Now okay. I'm team mm-hmm. go home at eight and be in bed and read and then wake up at five in the morning versus good. the other way around. Okay, good. Because yeah. the whole like, I'll sleep later or I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm like, but the, it's going to kill you yeah. earlier. No, I used to be like that when I was in grad school and interning and working a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I did not sleep. But now I found a healthier balance. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we, we like healthy sure. balances. Absolutely. Yeah. We love healthy and balances. And I think that you are clearly dealing with a healthy balance because your career and everything that you've done is showing that yeah. balance. That there's this part of you that's definitely about giving back. And then there's also this other element that's involved in entertainment. So can you sort of explain your two or many worlds? Yeah. If there's oh. more? Yeah, including her mass and then her master's degree. <laughs> I know, girl. Um... Yeah, I mean, I I think, so my master's is in geography, so it's no secret that I really deal in space and spatial identity and how to manipulate space. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that all comes from identity and wanting to find a sense of belonging in growing up in an immigrant family. Mm -hmm. And so I was raised by very strict Arab parents, but also MTV and Nickelodeon and the Disney Channel and ABC Family raised me more than anything. Mm -hmm. So I grew up very um, grounded in community, but also like obsessed, obsessed with pop music and pop culture and just would consume it and learn how to fit in or what I thought it meant to fit in through watching you know, Cadet Kelly's and, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. was growing up. Um, Gullah Gullah Island was a huge, huge oh influence God, yes. on me. Like, <laughs> I was convinced I was going to end up moving to an island and tie-dyeing for a living. I don't know <laughs> what the hell that means anymore. But, um, you know, because my parents were working, you know, they didn't come from anything. They were immigrants. Uh, they were Bedouins living mm-hmm. in tents and came here with nothing and had mm-hmm. to learn how to read and write and figure it out. And so they were busy raising me and my five older sisters, and I just really became obsessed with pop culture yeah. um, and finding myself through film and television, and especially music. Mm-hmm. So how has that translated to your work at Step Up? Yeah, um, so I was a product of a, of a mentorship organization like Step Up when I was in high school. So I went to a Title I school in North Hills, California. Uh, we had about... 13 different gangs operating on our campus. We had a subdivision of LAPD because of the gang violence that was going on. Uh, But we were just kids trying to make it out, you know, whatever that meant to us. And so we had an organization called Peace Over Violence come in and work with us. And they're a phenomenal organization that work with survivors of domestic abuse um, and rape survivors. And they came in and really taught us about um, our bodies and breaking the cycle of violence in brown and black communities because we all came from those spaces. Um, And so from there, I was just really, really um, baby activist came out. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so and then I joined this organization called Seeds of Peace, which is a international organization. And at the time, so I was I was coming of age when September 11th happened. Mm -hmm. And so being Arab and being Christian Mm -hmm. um, and then seeing everything that was going on, talk about a mind fuck and a fuck of identity and not wanting to be what you are. Right. And so going, doing, in high school, I had the privilege of doing, um, sorry, Seeds of Peace. And they brought in Arab teens from the Middle East and and American teens. I happened to be an Arab American teen. And it just really was my 
it created a seed for true activism. So between Peace Over Violence and Seeds of Peace, um, I was hooked and it became a space of healing for me. At the time, I didn't understand that because you didn't have that language when you were a kid. You don't know what the fuck therapy is. Right. We're brown. You don't have mental health issues. Right. You, right. You're, you're you know, overreacting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're being a drama yeah. queen. You're being lazy. You're yeah. being embarrassing yeah. to right. your family and mm-hmm. disrespectful. Um, and so it was my way of all of us kind of doing therapy together with group therapy and group mentorship within our own cohort um, without knowing and not having the language. Um, so then I graduated, went to UCLA, and then was seeking out the communities again. And so I started mentoring in Crenshaw. And we would literally go to – there was nothing, and we would create textbooks from our memories of what we did in high school. Like, we had wow. nothing. Wow. Um, and it was my favorite part of the entire week was going there, even though it was the hardest part of my week. And and I, this was on your own or through an organization at this point? Through an organization at um, UCLA called Mentors for Academic and Peer Support. And it was just a group of us undergrads who did it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't, we didn't have supervision. We didn't have big funding. I mean, we sold cupcakes during finals week to raise money so we mm-hmm. can have supplies. Um, and it just became a really big part of my life. Um, but also, I still having grown up in LA with pop culture, was still very, very much involved in the music scene at UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I had an ex-boyfriend who's this brilliant musician who he and I were together for years and I taught him about you know, culture and immigrant stories and all of that stuff. And he taught me about um, Americana music. Mm-hmm. And so I really learned how to come into my identity as an American through music and through understanding that landscape and through understanding specifically like the Woody Gunthries of the world, which are like the protest singers mm-hmm. and American American folk. Um, like Joan and, Baez and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, a ton of ton, a ton of black, um, black gospel music um, and really taught me the value of American culture and storytelling, which Arab culture is really about, is storytelling, sit down, you know, the mystical aspect of it. Um, So I was still really involved with that and so found identity through both and was able to really practice out my activism on campus as well as seeking out, you know, film and television and entertainment because that's the way that I digest and understood my identity. I love that you're sharing this because I feel like a lot of us can definitely relate to a story, (laughs) like coming of age story of finding yourself in the midst of so much chaos. Um, How are your, how was your family about it all? About like your activism, about being so um, in, inside this world of pop culture. Um, they are still confused. Because um, yeah, that's how I feel with my family. So yeah. they're like, wait, what? What are yeah. you doing with your podcast? <laughs> um, yeah, I went out and I um, was in graduate school. So I guess fast forward. So I got, I was a good brown kid. I graduated high school, got into a really fancy university right out of high school. Um, you know, did the thing that yeah. my parents wanted me to do. Um, and then graduated, and this is the time of the recession. So when I graduated, there was no jobs really for what I did because I graduated with a fluffy degree. I did Middle Eastern North African studies and then a second major in um, geography and a minor in gender women's studies. So, okay. yeah. So you were ready to like yeah. just like help out the world. And <laughs> right. they were like, but we cannot but we, pay you yeah. 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 to do that. We're yeah, I thought I, I thought I was going to law school. I was convinced I was going to be a Mal Clooney and move to The Hague and persecute f- warlords and free Palestine. And mm-hmm. I still want to do all the things. Mm-hmm. But um, 
but you know reality hits you when you are when you graduate because you're in this bubble and no one really tells you through the transitional years like yo that's the hardest time high school is not the hard time it's the transition between high school into college college isn't the hardest time it's getting you know moving into culminating into your career and especially when you haven't had anyone who's set that example for you yeah yeah and I know my sisters went to school but my sisters are a lot older than I have five older sisters and my oldest sister is 17 years older than me Mm. and her oldest son is seven years younger than me okay Mm. um and so when I was you know going through puberty and opening my eyes and stuff my sisters were all married and out of the house so I was pretty much an only child for the majority of my adolescence um so it was really interesting navigating the space where you could see my sisters would go to school but then get married and become um very gender normative humans which Mm -hmm. is great I love them and my sisters are amazing and my nieces and nephews are dope humans but I just knew that it wasn't mine Mm -hmm. um and at the time I was dating a white man (laughs) so that was controversial (laughs) as fuck Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh um and we were together for 10 years so um in that 10 years I really struggled between the duality of his American life um and being a man versus my traditional Arab life and it was really um disheartening to be playing both roles Mm -hmm. and so it became a lot and so my parents um, saw me struggling with my identity and instead of saying like hey what's going on it was like you you are fucking up and you're disgraceful now they're not like that now they get it because we've had those conversations but they didn't understand what was happening mm. they didn't understand that their kid couldn't just get a job right out of college they didn't understand that music was you know I didn't even know that music was an option for me because I thought if you're not an artist you can't work in it right 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 I didn't have mentors I didn't have women uh, I didn't have step up um, I, fe- I found my first mentor at Step Up that was the one who encouraged me to go into music. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't think I was worthy of a mentor. I thought mentors were for white people and right. wealthy people. Mm. Um, and so when I started to find success in it, now they're starting to be like, okay, you do your thing, you go out and you live your life. Um, and my, my you know, fiance happens to be this brilliant man that they really love and respect. And so um, that makes it easier, which fucking sucks. That yeah, being that attached it has to be a man to, to sort of step in. Yeah. It's like, okay, she's good. Yeah, she's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really lucky in the fact that he battles and he works every day to battle his, um, you know, male dominant toxicity and unlearn hit that violence that he grew up with. And so he really does the work and my parents see that and it's weird Mm. to see their relationship now changing in terms Mm. of gender roles and I think it's just recently that they're being they're saying like okay I get what you're doing um I get what's happening I understand the gratitude of it and you're gonna have your own way and path and the more we fight it you're not going to come home to visit. And so that's that's the worst scenario for them. That will like hurt your relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious about when you talk about the both roles that you've had to play and that yeah. you recognize that at a very young age. Yeah. Because I think that that is, first of all, just incredible because I don't think that we understand uh, the code switching that we do on a constant basis when we're younger. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God, and we do it. And we do it so much. All the time. All the time. All the time. I thought it was... And for the longest time, I think I just stopped saying this. I always would call myself a chameleon. I'm a chameleon. I could just like really fit into this environment and that environment. And all my friends are so unique and different. And And now I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's not like (laughs) it's about me making other people feel comfortable. So I'm switching up. 
Yeah. Right. So I would love to hear you talk about, you know, your awareness of your code switching and how you deal with that, especially in the corporate world. Um, yeah. Um, I think I struggle with that every day. Um, I code switch and I know that I am pretty deliberate with the way that I say things, which could be good and bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but as a true Scorpio, we want to fuck things up and burn it <laughs> and we want it to burn the way that we want to. So um, I think it's more of like an immigrant, like first generation and Scorpio thing combined, which is a lethal fucking combination. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the best. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but I think for me, I didn't know that I was code switching early on. Um, because I didn't have the language. I think education is a really big part of um, why our communities don't necessarily always thrive, and it's because of the lack of access. And I think the first time I even heard the word feminism, like truly, truly heard it um, and understood it, was my third year of UCLA. Mm. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. I, I probably heard it in college yeah, too, actually. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I like to say to our teens that I work with and the communities that we work with that we don't have the language to say feminism and feminist, but that's a luxury. Language is a luxury, mm. but we act feminist every day. Right. And that's the difference. It's not, it's not a survival. It's not a pop culture title for us. It's not a, you know, it's song it's lyric. Not a hashtag. It's not a hashtag. It's our life as in, in order for us to survive. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what really opened my eyes about me like taking a step back and be like, I don't want to fucking code switch anymore. I don't want to have to dumb myself down to be in this space. I don't want to have to switch the way that I look like. I mean, I've had people tell me, like, you need to look like a Kardashian. That's what an Arab woman looks like. What? Oh, that's a whole different story. Wait, what? I got to show Oh my, oh my god that's, that's a, a way hold up. That's that's a hold up for sure I'll, I'll show you the pictures of what i used to look like before i used to get pulled by, over by cops and they would think i was a kardashian and they'd be like oh go 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 like because you talk about identity and not understanding how to solidify yourself and especially in a world where you know a latina looks a certain way and an, and an arab or middle eastern or whatever the fuck south asian whatever a kim kardashian is yeah. needs to look this way and a black woman needs to perform and look this way and so when you're not having these conversations when you're younger, it wasn't accessible to us, you know. God bless the Yara Shahidis in the world. Like I yes. want I like the Mandalas and the Yara Shahidis and the Rwans in the world. Like yeah. I, I'm so happy um that my nieces and nephews get to see that because we didn't have that. Right. True. And so we not only had to code switch, we had to like physically switch what we were in order for yeah. us to survive. For sure. Um so I didn't know that until after I got out of that ten year relationship and then I, for the first time in my life, I took a breath and I was like, my mind and body belongs to me. Mm. And I was 23, 24 at the time. So I always tell people my life started at 24, not, you know, not when I was, you know, a kid, like taking true ownership of it was 24. And that's when I started seeking out the education and the knowledge and the communities. And that's when I started to work at Step Up and it really transformed um, my thought process of how I ask for things in what life. What is it? mentioning step up what is it that you do at step up what is it that you want to achieve through step up yeah so I I used to be a teen programs facilitator so what step up is it's a mentorship organization after school organization and we work with um under in under resourced communities and we work specifically with youth who identify with girlhood Mm -hmm. so if you identify as a girl we 
we, we invite you into our space and create brave and safe spaces for you to really explore identity, relationships, voice, career paths, whatever it is that you want to explore, we provide that. And each grade has its own curriculum that builds on each other. And then um, we welcome women like you who come in once or twice a month to mentor with our girls at bigger conferences and do um, group mentorship and individual mentorship. Um, and so I was a ninth grade facilitator when I first started. And I taught identity through pop culture and maps and geography, uh, roots and routes in history. That sounds so dope. I already want to take that class. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, what do I say Thanks. Now? Um, this is our class. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's how you learn is the Socratic method because now that we have Google, who gives a fuck about going to university? For real. Shit. I, yeah, no, I, I go work. To school. Go to school. Go to school. <laughs> go to school. But you know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, education comes in different forms and, you know, I respect anyone who's curious and explores that curiosity um so then when you talk about the people like the yara shahidis of the world the mandals like how are those women having an impact on the girls that you work with oh uh, they have the language they come equipped i remember when i started teaching four four or five years ago i had to teach the word feminism to the girls and i was very nervous to even say it because Mm. it was a dirty word it was a bad f word it was a bad f word and thank god to beyonce and flawless which made it my job a lot easier but i was like what i've been saying this for years but i'm like it's okay it's okay (laughs) listen yeah beyonce is gonna be the one that gets through to our kids all the time yeah. yeah um so um I don't have to do that anymore. So they come equipped already with a sense of social justice in their in their language and Isn't vernacular. That amazing? Love it, love it, love it. Uh, you know, um, and I can just now start elevating them and throwing more stuff because I'm not starting at the basics because yeah. they started at the basics themselves. But I think that's actually what's really cool about your story is that you had an activist hustle and hunger from a young age at a time when there weren't hashtags, there wasn't yeah. social media, it wasn't like the popular thing to do. Yeah. Um, and it just felt so intrinsic to you. Like you were just like, I want to be a part of this movement, whatever this may be. Yeah. Um, I honestly, no matter how you identify womanhood, I feel like just women intrinsically feel that way. Um, I really identify with my womanhood. Um, I, so for me, it just, it felt like we are talking earlier about Mother Earth, like respecting it. I think it was just, I didn't have the language, but that's mm. what it really was. It's like, you got to be kind and you yeah. got to do the thing because looking back at my family's communities and like wanting to break the cycle of violence because mm. understanding that it's it's harmful and toxic. And so it had to start with me. And I didn't know that that's what I was doing at the time, mm-hmm. but um, I just knew that I, it had to be a thing. Yeah, what are you finding that these girls need? Um, and have you seen the needs change over the years? I've seen the needs change over the years because over the years it's gone from making girls feel comfortable speaking up and talking um, because social media wasn't a part of their life, so you're not mm-hmm. used to putting your voice out there. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing more and more girls using their voice And I think what their need was and what it's always been is uh, they need community members like us, women like us, to just listen. (laughs) That's it. Um, And they don't, they need advocates. Um, I respect the lean-in movement, if that works for you. Um, We're trying to get our girls even to the front of the door to even get to. (laughs) Right. To, you know, that. Like leaning in is a privilege. Yeah, absolutely. Being at that table is a privilege. 
Um, so we really are working that step up to get the girls in the door. Um, and I think that comes through true advocacy versus just saying you're a mentor and saying, yeah, I got you. It's like, oh, I got you. And I'm holding that door. Yeah. It's heavy. I've been holding it for a while. So hurry the hell up yeah. because I'm, I'm, I need a cup of it's coffee a, yeah. and a cocktail right now. Yeah, like I've been yeah. doing this. Um, so for me, it's like just continuing to be voices. And also, um, one thing that I know is really hard and I hate to be like, I don't ever want to be like the face of the Arab community because I am a person in the Arab community. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of women who are, you know, exploding in their careers that are women of color, you know, brown and black folk. Um, and they get critiqued all the time, like, yo, uplift your community. Mm. And it's like, dude, I just got to survive for a second. Let yeah. me survive. And then I'll bring my community in. Um, and it's that sucks sometimes when we think about that. But we got to take that moment to to say, I'm I'm going to bring you up. Like, you right. know, just don't forget about them. Um, I know it's hard for us because I do it all the time. I have a mentee. I love her to death. I met her through Step Up. I taught her when I was in ninth grade. She's at her second year of Georgetown right now. Um, killing it. Studying biomedical something nerdy as Get hell. It. I can't even. <laughs> um, hopes to work in the cannabis industry. She's from East LA. Wants to bring back the cannabis industry into brown and black folks' hands. Yes. And I'm all about it. Snap, snap. Yeah. Yes. Um, and for me, it's like, I can't always be there for her because I'm living, you know, we all have our busy lives, but once in a while, I'll just Venmo her something like, yo, you know, eat something that's healthy, like kind of things, like just take care of your community. Yeah. Um, even if it's the smallest little thing, um, to take that moment, because at the end of the day, these kids are going to be hiring us at one point. We're not going to want to do it anymore. Yeah, right. So treat your next, treat the next generation like you know your future bosses. Mm. Yes, sister, that is yeah. real. I mean, that is exactly, <laughs> is. exactly what true. happened after the recession too, right? Yeah. You had like the people who had been in the business for like thirty yeah, years, years interviewing next to the people yeah. who had just come out of college. Yeah, yeah, for real. And I and I just love what you're saying about the idea of holding doors because we're constantly advocating like women helping women mm -hmm. um and not allowing this like uh, like this 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 environment which tends to pit us together and say there's only yeah. one seat at the table to sort of dominate our actions but i think that sometimes we can forget that that's not just about like women helping women in this like space where we tend to be at the same age or yeah. in, at yeah. the same level but it's really looking back and acknowledging like you might be younger, but you probably are going through some deeper shit than mm -hmm. me. Your struggles are a lot more real, and I want to be there to support and uplift yeah. you in every step of the way. Yeah. Uh, one question. Have, has it has there been a, a moment in the last few years, or in just in, in your career, in your life, that changed you, that was like a weight hold-up moment for you? And like, I've had a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I've had a lot. I think my weight hold-up moment that was the most... Um, that really broke it for me was so um, I, like we said before, I really identify with womanhood and what it means to be a woman. And as progressive as I was growing up, I still really held on to um, gender normative performances. Mm. Um, you know, a man is a man, a woman is a woman. Um, I had very homophobic ideals, um, transphobic ideals. This is a journey. Mm -hmm. I have been working on it. One of my dearest dearest cousins who is one of my favorite humans in the world is currently going is transitioning mm -hmm. and he um you know he's so patient with me and very kind and we're going you know and allows me to ask the respectfully ask the questions um but I think for me I thought 
once I was with the man that I was with for 10 years, I was like done. It didn't, everything mm. else was fun. Uh, so all the crazy shit I did at UCLA, all the activism, but it didn't matter because I was going to get married right after college yeah. and then go on tour with him. Um, and be a mom and be his person and I think once that ended I finally really had to become my own person Um, and you know there's a saying in Arabic where I'm gonna butcher it but um, when you're born your body belongs to your family Um, and then when you are married your body belongs to your husband and when you have a children your body belongs to you and I think um, your body belongs to them, not to yeah. you. And I think for the first time in my life, my body belonged to me because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything. And I was like starting out. And I think that that shifted a, a lot for me and really allowed me to explore identity and be more um, explorative and be more willing to listen and hear out and not be so strict with my gender identity and my identity at large that shifted how I wanted to start living my life and what role I wanted to play and what energy I wanted to put out. Um, so shout out to that shitty breakup. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what they do. Yeah, that's, that's what, what they, they do. do. Yeah, You're going yeah. a bad breakup right now. I promise you're going to learn something. Yeah. And oh, it's going to yeah. be Amazing. great. Yeah, yeah, no. It's going to um, be a wait, hold up moment. Yeah, I know. I, I had ran into him for the first time since we broke up for in the past five years. I ran into him like last week, month. And I looked at him and he looked at me and he was with his his the partner he chose or whatever. Um, and he was just so mad. And I was like, bro, come on. Really? Oh. Yeah. He just got up in the huff and puff. And, uh, and the ironic part was he was wearing a shirt I had bought him five years ago, oh. six years ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that so is what I believe someone would call poetic justice. justice. Yes. yes. Um, it's so funny because his fashion style was definitely something that I worked on for a while. And yeah. you so know, you're like, you're welcome. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, new girlfriend. Um, hi. Um, but yeah, and you know, and that person, when I saw him, the person I was five years ago would have been distraught and apoplectic at best. I, I laughed it often. I was yeah. like, that was cute. That's um, awesome. Especially that's when awesome. that type of reaction comes from the other person. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like, entertaining. Yeah, because yeah, you lied about it. You probably right. lied because you know what I mean. Like, because he had left me for that woman, a white woman. So talk about pain. and You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, talk, yeah, that's yeah, a whole yeah. different. So I'm like, why are you mad? Like, right. we're good. Um, are you mad because I look flat? Is yeah. that why? I stay flat, right? No, he knows. It's okay. I think a lot of times, you know, you grow up and you grow apart and that's okay. And you need to mourn relationships that end like a death and not yes. go back to Absolutely. it. Absolutely, yes. Um, that's, yeah. So, that's a great topic for, for one of our conversations. I know. We'll for, probably invite you to that one. Um, <laughs> I'm always down for a cocktail in, in, a, in a conversation. So that was a big part for me. Um, I think another big part for me was I have always been obsessed with pop culture and music, like we said before. And um, a woman at Step Up, her name was Tatiana Samosian. She was a mentor at Step Up, and this was my first year of mentoring and, and first year of facilitating. We were at a conference and she was the head of Twitter uh, music, the head of music at Twitter at the time. And she and I connected and she, I'm a big data person. She's a data person. Um, and we were talking about music and I was like so like nervous and shy and embarrassed. And, and she looked at me and she grabbed me when she was leaving and she's like, Lubna, don't fuck this up for yourself. Go, go into music. She's like, don't Damn. fuck it up. So I was like, fuck that. <laughs> That's no <laughs> way in hell. I'm not good enough. I have imposter syndrome. Who the fuck am I? Mm. 
Um, meanwhile, I was predicting pop hits from like doing like crazy digs into like YouTube channel holes and for fun, for fun. And I was predicting the Kalani thing three years before it happened, the Alicia Cara thing, like doing all this. And everyone's like, are you, you were telling me about this person years ago. And so then when she said that, I was like, fine. And so at the time it was summertime at, and so I didn't have a job. Um, cause step up was off season. And so I picked up a, I picked up a job working for the mayor at grid, which was summer light. So you put on programming in parks in historically, um, gang written areas mm-hmm. so that the kids have a place to go. So I was doing that and I, but I started work at three o'clock. Um, and then I went to 10. So I was like, let me see if I can pick up an internship in between. I'm not doing anything in the morning. Let me see if I can pick up an internship internship. Um, did a quick search, found an internship for Black Box, mm-hmm. um, applied. Which Black Box at the time was, Bla- is... Black Box is an artist development and marketing company. Okay. Um, it was started by Livia Tortella, who was the president of Warner Music Group, and then broke off and started her artist development. And I was one of her first interns that she hired. Okay. And so this woman who was running the pop, you know, running, um, running music in 2013, starts her own thing, and she hires me, and it's shocking I'm like thrown in I don't know what the hell is going on but I'm trying to make it happen and um, I'm so grateful for that experience because we worked in her living room and so had I been an intern at a major record label Mm -hmm. I would have never gotten access to the president but now I'm literally in Livia's life Um, and so I learned a lot I learned a lot and it was painful and it was hard and it was I would go home and I'd cry and I'd go from you know interning and then go working with like kids whose parents are locked up and it just was emotionally f- draining and then knock out and not sleep and then I, that was the team no sleep time yes. team no sleep time and then um and then I was you know gearing up to go back to grad school and work at step up and then had this conversation of um really good at this music thing and I love it um so when it came time to really make a choice I couldn't I couldn't do step up I couldn't do grad school and I couldn't do the music industry all at once because it just physically was impossible yeah so I had a conversation with a few of my advisors in graduate school and they said and they were men and I to this day will never forget it because this is not all men (laughs) you know what I mean not all men are Mm -hmm. shitty um they looked at me and they said you're so good at what you do um you get this chance once in a lifetime to go in and work in the music industry. And they're like, well, your, your seat in grad school will be here for you, waiting for you when you're ready. Wow. So then I, I left. And so I was doing Step Up and Black Box. So I was doing Step Up part-time, Black Box full-time. Um, and so that was going from being at Black Box in the morning, then leaving for three or four hours to teach, and then coming back to Black Box and to end out the day. Damn. Um, I know. Talk about merging yeah. your passions <laughs> and like figuring though, it out. Yeah, yeah I love I'm it. I'm still trying to figure it out though. So <laughs> it, it's, it's that's not, not how it looks on this side of I the know. Oh, you're just oh my god! Don't make a brown girl blush. <laughs> so it looks so good. The color looks so good on you. I know. Your- <laughs> I'm like so like childishly nervous right now. It's kind of cute. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's our first date. It's going great. It's going fabulous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like what? What? What's our next spot? Like right? um, world so, tour. Yeah. Uh, yes. Girl. World tour, not your girls tour. Thank you. Um, but yeah. So um, and then I was 
doing that and loved it and started to gain traction and at the time was starting to really get involved with up and coming acts that were emerging and doing dope stuff and so I started being invited into these rooms because I was doing dope stuff and they were doing dope stuff um and then my friend who worked at CAA at the time which is a talent agency which is an education within itself Mm. um she was trying to get a piece of information out of another assistant at a major studio but couldn't get it for months and so she hit me up she's like Lou can you can you have dinner with her she wants to be in the music industry do your thing and within honestly Within five minutes, I got that that answer. Wow! Um, and I accredit it to being a facilitator and understanding how that social emotional connection mm-hmm. of understanding people and connectivity and mm-hmm. understanding what people are really actually asking for versus what you think someone's asking mm-hmm. for. And so once her boss heard about that, he's like, "Get your ass into these doors real quick." And so um, ended up going to CAA for a while, and that was an education within itself. Imagine. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Going from someone's living room to really feeling like you have access to moving over to CAA where I feel like there's a lot more, um, what is it like blue tape? Yeah. Red tape. Red tape. tape. Which which you're right. It was impossible for me. I did well at my job and was a great assistant, but failed at being a playing the CAA game mm-hmm. because I didn't That's care. That's what I was about to ask. Yeah. That, that agency game. Yeah. I failed at it miserably. And I will say this because um, I had a I had two meetings with HR. Once they told me that I knew too much. Oh, my that they, God. And I was like, hmm, curious. But, oh, okay. okay. And the other was um, another one that says, you will never be an agent. And I said, thank you. That's the greatest compliment you've ever given me because I'm not in the game of brokering human life. And they were like, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Oh, First of all, I want to be I so flawless with my comebacks like that. Me too. Hey. Yeah. And because I probably would have been like, bitch, you. <laughs> like, that would have been as eloquent as it would have gone for me. Oh, I did get bitchhood with it. Yeah, I did yeah, get yeah. very pacoima yeah. with it. But that's the... We had to code switch, you know yeah. what I mean? But right when I got to my, you know, we I definitely got, I grew up in Pacoima. Like, I grew up in Chicano culture. Like because, uh, Pacoima is, a, is a, um, a very unique area in the mm-hmm. San Fernando Valley. Okay. Um, low income, lots of gangs, lots of need. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful place. Yeah. I mean, I grew up there. I, I thought I was Mexican until someone told me I wasn't. Because, like... <laughs> Um, like that's not even like I grew up with mariachi and, and you know banda and eating like elote like running around you know yes. I if Lucas I wasn't it. on my anything it. like I didn't eat it unless it was like <laughs> Lucas on it like you know so Vallarta is where I only buy my groceries still to this day um, but the amazing thing about Pacoima was that's where and in the San Fernando Valley is you're talking about Richie Valens you're talking mm. about you're talking about you know Dolores Huerta you're talking about Che and everyone's there you know mm. what I mean Cesar Chavez that's where the movement came from so mm. I'm really lucky to be able to grow up in those communities where the mirrors that we saw was brown and black folk uh, you know struggling, struggling and out. hustling but also like knowing like that you know I remember when the first time I watched La Bamba and they were talking about Pacoima and Richie Valens I cried because I didn't mm. understand culture can happen in my community mm. um which I guess in, he- right in like retrospect I should have known but <laughs> um you know but you don't have that you don't understand mm-hmm. um 
So you, uh, so I'm, yes. yes, you definitely left CAA because clearly they can't handle your amazing. Yeah, no, they couldn't. And I'm not ashamed to say that. And I'm not like even, I'm hoping someone out there at CAA is listening to this. If you're an assistant listening, or if you're working at any agency right. and you feel like you're not fitting in and you're not going to survive, that's a good thing because you shouldn't be there. Mm. And don't be afraid of that. Yeah. And I want to like press on that a little bit more because I think it's not even just an agency thing. It could yeah. be wherever you're wherever, at and whatever yeah. job you're in. Yeah. If yeah. you feel like and people are trying to say you're too much first of all yeah. I hate that, I hate that yeah. I've heard that phrase Ugh. you're too much and I've heard it in relationships I've heard it in yeah. in, in um like in jobs yeah the idea of like you're too much like no 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 you know too much like you're too intelligent yeah. or like, like your energy real? is too much yeah. or the yeah. way that you speak it's is all, too yeah. intense or whatever it may be like just yeah. know that that is a lie from the devil let's just start there yeah, the shaitan <laughs> yes. the shaitan is real satan yes. is real yeah. exactly yeah. it's like you've just got to block it and do not dim it and think that that is a, a directive for you to change because it just yeah. is i think a clear a clear indicator that either who you're with or where you're at is not right for you absolutely i couldn't agree more and i will say i stayed at places i've stayed in relationships i've stayed in mm-hmm. jobs i've stayed in at parties a little too long because yes. i was afraid to be rude yes and fuck that <laughs> no one gives a shit like amen like i am if i don't want to be there anymore i'm not gonna be there mm-hmm. because i'm not gonna risk myself in order to make someone feel better when that person's not gonna give a shit the moment they don't see me right um so I encourage everyone. It just does, if it doesn't feel right, f- go with your intuition because it ain't for you. Yes. It ain't for you. Mm-hmm. Oof, that is a word. <laughs> That's the way we end it. I know. It's beautiful. That was. That is so. Um, and I'm just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like there's about a thousand other questions I know, that I have I in my mind. Yeah. But we're going to wrap it up here. Hopefully we can have you back on in the future because I'm really, really confused. Uh, not confused. I'm very interested about manipulating space and all yes. of that. And everything you said about and geography. That. Yeah, and I'm geography, just like, wait, right? what? what? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So we'll like table that one. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. No, for real. Yes. We're going to have you back. Yes. And for I'd people be who want to get involved and step up, um, what can they do and how can yeah. they connect with you? Um, I love it. Um, you, If you identify with womanhood, you identify with girlhood, and you are a person who wants to mentor, um, you can email me um, to get involved with Step Up. It's L-U-B-N-A at S-U-W-N dot org. Um, and you and I will jump on a phone call, grab a cup of coffee and really discuss what mentorship means to you and how you can get involved. There's a diff, there's a million and a half ways to get involved. And the great thing about Step Up is that it's not, um, it's kind of dropped by mentorship. So you come when you're ready and you're mm. willing to be present and really wanting to be in that space versus being forced to because of whatever reason. Um, yeah, and visit you know our website to learn more it's suwn.org and if you have any questions feel free to email me and i am available to chat about what it is that you want to get involved with and right now are you still doing the music and and step up thing yeah so i now have put step up at my forefront because i it was a part of my journey where i needed to shift my day-to-day in order to still feel whole so step up gives me the ability to be an activist in our my community um, and then I get to have really cool and fun projects on the side. Um, so, yeah, um, I do still do music, still work heavily in the industry, do a lot of um, development with artists, do a lot of film and television stuff. Um, 
I will music supervise a pop. I will music end up music supervising at some point in my life, um, and really telling a story through song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And thank you for just reminding it. people that it. their journeys and that their interests don't have to be linear. Yeah. No. yeah I think that important. that is so so yeah. important. I think we're constantly, especially I remember being told at a young age, pick a lane. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love the fact that like you are literally like, bitch, this entire highway is <laughs> mine. Yeah. And yeah. that is freaking what we need to know more of for sure yeah for sure so thank you thank you thank you you. all right lubna come and run our lives for us oh my gosh like i literally i'm seriously just can you just keep talking? Give, I know. Give me all this wisdom, girl. I just know. Shine it on me. I just think that there are certain ideas that we have that are really hard to articulate, and I think how funny that I couldn't say the word articulate as I'm saying articulate. Um, that I think was really awesome about her story yeah. is this awareness that she's able to bring to her own life, to the lives of others, and to help other young women get to a place where they can comfortably just express their experiences, their opinions, and empower them to move throughout this crazy world. It's just amazing. And you mentioned it too, like this idea that, oh, just stay in one lane. Mm -hmm. You want to be a doctor, then just be a doctor. But no, what about if you like to do other things and you like art and you like to surf and you like to do yoga what what stops us from doing everything that we want to do right i i love that about her too that it's like well why not i'm gonna do both and i'm gonna kick ass honestly that i think empowers me in my own journey as i have the fortune of being in this entrepreneurial space and sort of determining the parameters in which i live my life it's just like yes yeah, girl. That really yeah. helps me. That really helps me in in creating the borders because I get to define what my life is going to look like and no one else. And it doesn't have to be on somebody else's terms. Amen. So. Amen. Just oh, yes. Two snaps and I'll twist, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. As always, we just appreciate your support. We yeah. appreciate you rocking with us. And shout out to in. all the ladies that I've been listening in New York. Yeah, uh, we've been getting so much love from the East Coast. Just want to say, hey, you guys, you guys repping all that for good us. energy <laughs> and all those amazing um, uh, comments that you guys leave yes. and just the engagement that you guys have with us. We yeah. love you. We send you lots of hugs. And something that we really want to start integrating into the episodes are answering questions from you all. Yep. Um, so we get a bunch of DMs and we want to start you know, addressing those and talking about and if there's questions that you have about our experience with the podcast, our experience with our own lives or um, episodes, whatever it is, definitely shoot us some DMs on Instagram at WaitHoldsUpPod or if you want, you can email us WaitHoldsUpPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we love your reviews on iTunes. They help other people find us. So please Mm -hmm. drop us a review. We appreciate you taking the time to do so. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. Yeah. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Wait, hold.